Hello everyone again. Today I have another superstar joining me on my interviews and we have Billy Cullum who was most recently in Leave to Remain. So tell us about that show, Leave to Remain. So Leave to Remain was, um, it was the first time I ever did a musical, like an original musical. So it's the first time I was in a cast where we were the first people ever putting it on. So it was a world premiere. And it was a really um, important show because it was dealing with um, sort of LGBTQ plus um, storylines, um, dealing with the sort of effects of shame being brought up as a, as a queer person. And um, when you're, I didn't, I never re experienced this before, but doing a show, an original piece and being the original cast, I never realized how much responsibility goes into it, especially when you're dealing with issues such a, as sort of like homosexuality in the black community and sort of the culture clash of um, sort of f uh, two families with gay sons coming together. And that, that was the sort of basis of the show is that these, um, Two, two guys from different cultures coming together to get married and it was exploring their backgrounds and why they're a little bit messed up <laughs> um, growing up in a world that doesn't really fully accept so it, it's these different ways in which these characters have dealt with shame my character Alex um, he he turned to drugs and alcohol and you see his story unfold th throughout the piece. And what was amazing about it was we had no idea what the response was going to be. We had no idea. Um, and then the first night it was a full standing ovation and everyone was just like sort of blown away by it. And the critics sort of like loved it. And at the post-show Q&As, it really affected people and resonated with people so much. And I got to work with like Kelly Okereke, who's um, he, he's uh, the lead singer of Block Party and the writer for a Block Party, who was who was um, a huge band when I was in like sixth form. And they were like, when I was like 16, they were like my favorite band. So to walk into the audition room and to meet him and to sing his music, I was like blown away. And I, it was sort of the, it's probably one of the jobs that I've wanted the most because of the storylines, the issues explored and to be working with someone like Kelly, which was, yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. It was at the Lyric Hammersmith, which was where I got my first, my first ever job as a theatre usher. <laughs> so it's like a cycle. You've got your most wanted job where you started with your first sort of, yeah, yeah, it was a, definitely a full circle experience. So did you say that, so it was an audition for, how did you, how did you hear about it, the audition? The... So the audition, it was, um, cast, um, it was cast by an amazing casting director called Will Burton, who also works for David Grinrod Associates, who's like one of the biggest sort of musical theatre casting directors. And I was doing, what show was I doing at the time? I was doing Little Ship of Horrors at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre at the time. And I, it was press night and Will, the casting director, spoke to me. He was like, oh, there's a project coming up that I think you'd be quite suited for. And as soon as he said, um, Kelly from Block Party is writing the music, I was like, I need to be in the audition room for this. 
next day I called my agent. I was like, when that submission, um, when that breakdown comes through, please make sure you submit me for it. And so I was like on them. And as soon as the material came through, I was like, right, no one else, no one else can play this part. If I just felt like it was written for me. And um, I went in there, I did so much work on it. It's probably the, the audition that I have put the most work into. And luckily it paid off, yeah. That's great. So you said that at the time you were in Little Shop of Horrors. So, yeah. so how long were you in Little Shop of Horrors for? Like, so Little Shop of Horrors, it's at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, so it's only for like a summer season. So you rehearse for, I want to say like five, five or six weeks, and then you perform for five weeks. And it's in the open air theatre, and it's just, it's just one of the most incredible venues to work at in London. And I did Jesus Christ Superstar there, where we won the Olivia Award for Best Musical Revival. And it's just, there's something so special about starting a show in daylight and sunlight and then finishing it with absolutely sort of like pitch black with a moon like shining above the stage. It's, there's something really special about it. So, um, did you, wait, did you say you did Jesus Christ Superstar at the same venue? Yes, yeah, same venue. So, you said that you won an Olivier for that. How, how'd you feel when you got told that that was happening? We were like, the whole cast, the whole cast was, um, we were all, we all performed at the Olivier Awards show. And we were all in our little boxes waiting for the announcement. But you just, you just never know. You're just happy to be there and happy to be nominated as a, as a cast. And then when we won Best Musical Revival, we were just like, I think everyone just went crazy. And one of our, um, um, Tyrone Huntley um, was up for Best Supporting Actor as well. And he played opposite me in the show Leave to Remain that I, uh, that I did like, I can't remember when I did it now, it was last year sometime. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was an amazing experience that, like performing at the Royal Albert Hall, walking the red carpet. It was an experience I'd never had before. So I loved it. So you've done a few other shows, haven't you? You've done Matilda and Spring Awakening. Yeah. So, Matilda, how did that, how did that come about? So, I, what was I doing at the time? I was doing a show called Merrily We Roll Along, a Stephen Sondheim musical. And that was, we were doing that in Theatre Cluid in Wales, um, which is an incredible venue if you ever get a chance to go. Um, and I remember the audition coming through and I'd already seen the original cast um, do it. And I was just like, oh. I was like, this is just one of the most special shows I've ever seen. And I just never, I never thought, I never thought that, I don't know, that I could be in it. And then I got the, I got the call through. And then I met, I met the creative team for the first round. And there's something just so sort of warm and sort of family felt about them. And I just felt that it was like, for me. And then I had 12 auditions. It was a long process. It was a really long process. And I was going back and forth from Wales to London, going back that night to do a show, coming back the next morning. And so I did 12 rounds. And that was my first ever West End show was Matilda in 2012, I think it was. So you went from London to Wales backwards and forwards, well, Wales to London backwards and forwards. That yeah. must have been so... I, I was exhausted, but I was a lot younger then. And I was a lot eager. <laughs> So I was sort of like, I didn't let it affect me. Whereas now, if I had to do that, I'd be like, no, I can't. 
<laughs> Give up. Me and my girlfriend recently moved to Wales and we went to see our first musical. We went to see Waitress in London. It took us uh, seven and a half hours on the coach. So I just thought afterwards, you know what, I'm going back to Coventry where I, where I lived before afterwards. So like <laughs> it's an amazing musical, isn't it, Waitress? It's so good. I, I got to interview John Montague, who played Ogie. With my oh, amazing, amazing. My good friend Lucy Jones played um, Jenna. Yeah, she's amazing. I've seen her so many, uh, not, not live, but like on YouTube. It's just incredible. She is like world class. Amazing, yeah. She's probably one of the best Jenners. No offense to any other Jenners. It's written for her. It's written for her. Yeah. So, speaking of Lucy Jones, you guys did a rent did rent together, didn't you? We did. We did the twentieth anniversary production. So it started in London, and we toured the whole of the UK, and it was just such an incredible experience. And speaking of that, you recently got the cast back together, didn't you, to record? Oh, I forgot the name of the song. Seasons, seasons of, Love. of Love. Yeah, Seasons oh, of Love. It's just um, how that come about. I was. Do you know it was the first week? First week that we got told we're in lockdown, and I was like, right, all my jobs have been taken away from me. I have absolutely nothing to do. <laughs> I was like, a perfect song would be Seasons of Love, and then I contacted everyone. We've got a little rent WhatsApp group. So I just put it in there and it took time for everyone to get their videos through. But as soon as they did, I, I learned how to edit. I, I never I never edited on an iMovie before in that split screen format. So I was learning how to do that via YouTube. Mixed all, mixed all, the, um, all the audio and then put it out there. And it's sort of like gone from West End to Broadway, like Playbill and Broadway World are like picking it up and everything, which is amazing. So if anyone wants to find that, how do, how do they find it? Is it on your Instagram or is it on YouTube? Yeah, on my Instagram on... and Twitter, which is at Billy Cullum. And it's also on a lot of like the What's On Stage, The Stage, BritishTheatre.com, all the big theatre sort of websites have picked it up. And it's on YouTube if you just type in Seasons of Love. It's one of the top videos. Okay, and everyone should because it's a great video. Yeah, it's quite moving. It's really moving. Something very special about getting everyone together. There's a lot of that going around, isn't there? With all the shows they're doing. Yeah, it's like. I can also talk about the original cast. Yeah, it's such an amazing community, the theatre community. So, another show that I kind of touched upon earlier, I didn't really say much about it, but you were in Spring Awakening. Yes, I was in. I was in the UK tour version. That was one. That was one of my first jobs. That's taken me way back. That's like 2010, 2011. And I played um, like a dream role of mine. I was so lucky to play it. It was um, a character called Moritz Stiefel. And um, it's just one of my favorite musicals and one of my favorite parts. And to be involved with it was just like out of this world. It's such a, it's such a memorable show for me because of my love for it. And then also what it did for me as a performer, it's sort of that, that time where I was coming, just coming out of graduating and work was breeding work and cast and directors and creators were just start, starting to become aware of me, which was, which was <coughs> a lovely time, a really lovely time looking back at it. And, you know, a really fearless time being young and going into this industry. Looking back, I was like, gosh, I was so fearless and I would just do anything. And now I'm just like, oh gosh, what if, what if, what if I, I crack on that note or anything? <laughs> no, I know it was a, a while ago, but can you remember, is there anything that sort of going out every night, you were like, this is the bit that I'm most excited for, for this part? 
Oh yeah, uh, this sounds really morbid. <laughs> this sounds really morbid. But um, Mark Stiefel has a, a suicide scene and there's um, a song leading up to it, I Don't Do Sadness, which is just brilliant. And I just got to go on stage and rock it out and let out all of the sort of like angst and frustration and anxiety of this character. And it was just quite therapeutic in a way. And I also loved coming out as once Moritz had died, there's a bit where he, um, he comes out as a ghost with one of the other characters, Vendler. And that song is called Those You've Known. And I just loved, it's sort of this sort of like melancholy, big reverb sound coming through the thick fog. And I loved it. <laughs> so you also did hair. Was that before Spring Awakening? That was, that was just after. That was a show just after Spring Awakening. Oh, okay. And, and how did that, how'd you get that role in hair? So I, so I think, this is going way back, but I think it was um, Danielle Tarento, who's this amazing cast and director and producer, she came to see me in both Godspell and Spring Awakening, which were my first jobs. And she was casting Hair, and it was in Ljubljana, it was for the Ljubljana Festival in Slovenia. And so I went along and my hair was long at the time. I literally had like shoulder length hair. So I was like, no one else is getting this job. <laughs> I've got to get it. I've got to get it. It was one of my fave musicals. Um, and yeah, I went on, uh, do you know, I've never danced so hard in an audition. I remember coming out and just being absolutely whiplashed because I was just having so much fun. And because I had hair, because most of the musical theatre guys had like cropped hair. So I was just, at the time, I was just like using that to my ability. <laughs> and yeah, I got the job. And it was just, it was that, we only did five performances and it was like a six week rehearsal per period. And we only did five performances in Ljubljana, but the cast were just like incredible. Like one of the most impeccable casts I've ever worked with. The talent was just beyond, yeah. Amazing. So we were talking before the interview about how you were in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as an Oompa Loompa. Yes. <laughs> and how you were talking about the costume, weren't you? Tell, tell everyone about what you were saying about the costume. Yeah. So Ch Charlie happened. I, uh, it was the, it's the same choreographer as Matilda, Peter Darling and Ellen Kane. And I um, went from Matilda. I took, I took a little break to do some music and I went to New York and recorded some music. And then I came back and I was like, right, I want to go back into musicals. And so I, I auditioned for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And again, it was sort of like a 12 round process. It was really long. And they warned us in the audition. They were like, just so you know, this is one of the hardest shows that have ever been. It's not easy you will be in three and a half to four stone costumes whilst doing this. And you'll be on your knees in some of the numbers as well. And you know, everyone in the room wants the job. So they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We'll do it. And um, we got to the first day of tech where we put the costumes on. And my gosh, I didn't realize how heavy they were until we put them on. And I could just remember being in the, it was in, so I think it was stage right wing. And my friend Kelly Trout, who's amazing, there's this um, squirrel number where we're all sort of 
dressed as squirrels and Palumpas riding these squirrels. And the squirrel puppets get put on over us in this big harness. And the light was just hitting her face from the stage and she was in the darkness and the light was just hitting her face. And all I saw as the costume went on her, the, as the weight of it went on her, I just saw a single tear in the light just come down at the realization that this was what we'd have to do for the next year. <laughs> and it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was sort of a love and hate job. It was the peak because it was so hard. We created such a family because of that. And which was, it was so memorable in that sense. But my gosh, I've never been under such physical stress in all my life. <laughs> I can still feel it literally sitting here now talking. I can feel the injuries in my neck, in my right knee, in my lower back. And a lot of people had operations as well on their lower backs and their knees. Have, have some chocolate, it might help. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have, they used to have like a, a, a box of chocolate. Uh, stayed, stayed left I think every day and as we come off the numbers everyone just break off the chocolate and, and we get told off oh. so uh, one of the last things I've got on here is Channel 4 Boys yes so tell, tell everyone about that how, how it came about so Channel 4 Boys this was, this was like an amazing this was amazing because I, I I've taken a basically I've taken a break from auditioning for musical theatre <coughs> and I um, I sort of was so intrigued to go into the world of screen because I've never done it before and I think it's you know it's a very different it's a very different side of what we do and, and uh, my agent called me up and was like, we have an audition for you for a, a new Channel 4 series called Boys. And I was like, oh, great. I've heard about this. I was like, Russell T Davies is just one of the most incredible writers of our time. And he always like exploring, you know, queer identities in mainstream um, like screen work. And like queer as uh, queer as folk was just like like such an iconic TV show for me growing up, um, and so I went in meeting the casting directors, and I only had I was up for a one line part, so I only went in and did one line, and I was so nervous, so so nervous, and I was like, gosh, if I can't get like a one line part on TV, I must really not be that good. And so I was just going over and over this one line and how many different ways I can say it, la 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 la. And I go in, I'm so nervous. And then I was just like chatting to read uh, one of the casting directors at Andy Pryor and set the line, took direction on this one line, said it a few different ways. And then I left and then I didn't hear anything for a week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even get a part um, doing one line so I was like I might have to give Scream a bit of a mess there. <laughs> and then my agent called me up and they gave me a, a, a small part called Hector who's in episode two and I got to um, yeah I got to do an amazing this amazing scene with Ollie Alexander who's the the lead singer of Years and Years the band um, and got to meet some of the incredible cast like Sean Dooley and Keely Hawes it was, yeah, um, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience, and I hope to do more of it. I hope that's just the start, so, yeah. Amazing. So, 
you said that you're taking a break from sort of listening to musical data and you said that you were st- you working on your own music yeah i am um, so two two years i think it's two years ago maybe just over two years ago i released my debut album um it's called lonely hearts club check it out on spotify and itunes um and sort of I got, uh, I got a lot of attention from it and had some, two of my singles premiered on the Graham Norton show on BBC Radio 2. And then I went back into theatre and stuff. And uh, after a leave to remain, I just thought, I got offered some jobs and I just thought, no, I want to take this time to create now. I want to do some stuff um, for me. Um, and so I've been working with this incredible producer called Jamie, known as J-Mac, and we're releasing a six-track um, EP as soon as lockdown's over. We've done five of the tracks. We've just got one more track to record. And, yeah, that will be, that'll be coming out soon. Yeah. Or will it, depending on the lockdown? Yes, yeah. Have, have no idea. have no idea when it actually will come out. <laughs> Make a poster that says, coming soon. Or will it? So just yeah, <laughs> that, that's the marketing. <laughs> okay, so um, <clears throat> I asked you before the interview to think about this question because for lots of people it's a hard question. But the question I asked and I ask everyone else that I've interviewed is if you could be in any musical, like in full costume, like no gender roles or anything, as any role, who would you pick and why? <laughs> so uh, I think, do you know, I've always, I was always loved um, Catherine Zeta-Jones' performance in Chicago. And ever since then, I've always been like, I wish I could be Velma Kelly, just for one night. Because it's just, you know, it's just seeing such a powerful, um, like triple threat performance on stage. And also to lead, you know, Cell Block Tango number would just be a dream. (laughs) That's amazing. So. The final question I told you about, it's always a secret to everyone that I interview. Yeah. So I can just surprise you, but your final question of the interview is, if you could be any Disney princess, which one would you be and why? Ooh. Ooh, I think I'd be Ariel because she's um, she's got this sort of like rebellious streak to her, but she's like full of curiosity and goes against the norm. And I think that is like... That's an, that's an important way to live, Ariel's life, isn't it? Amazing choice. And I want her voice. Good choice. <laughs> so the final question I sort of asked that I have to finish off is, what's your advice for people at home that are stuck at home, bored and stuff? For, for this lockdown time? Yeah, for this lockdown time. <clears throat> so I think, for me, doing, doing a really quick either breathing sequence or meditation first thing in the morning is a really nice way to sort of level yourself out because at the moment I'm waking up one moment, I'm waking up fine. The next minute I'm like, ah, and so if I do that, it really levels me out. And I think yoga is really helping me. I think find finding something that you love, whether it's watching like a binge watching a TV show, like I've returned back to starting from episode one of Grey's Anatomy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so I'm like literally going through that. And that's just, that's just sort of helping me escape. And also for me, a, a big thing is writing. Um, and anyone can write. It doesn't have to, you don't have, have to write mu- 
music or poems. You can just do freehand journaling and just doing that five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, just writing whatever you're feeling, if it's anxiety, if it's joy, if it's gratitude, then it really just helps, helps you sort of like manifest what's going on, I think. Good advice. You heard it from the superstar, everyone. Good <laughs> advice. Um, well, it's been a pleasure interviewing you. It really has. It's been so fun. Thank you for letting me see you. Thank you so much for asking me. No worries. So I sort of I'll say goodbye to everyone who's watching at home. Thank you everyone for watching. And as always, please donate to the charity that's in the description of the video because it's a really important charity. Do you do you know anything about the charity, Billy? Acting for others. Acting for others. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a charity that helps. Um, it, it, it helps like actors who, um, you know, are struggling. And because with with what we do, it's um, it's a really unknown profession. Like, you, as a, not an unknown profession, it's really unknown what your what your life is going to lead to. So it really helps um, build sort of like a pot of money for those that really struggle in times, whether it's sickness whether you can't work due to sickness or um, like Paul Taylor Mills is doing an incredible job at the moment, raising money for actors in this situation now, because all the work has been stripped from everyone. So people are having to make ends meet in their, in their own unique way, which is really hard in times like this. So it's an amazing charity to help in that sense. Yeah. You heard everyone. So make sure you donate as much or as little as you can because it's a very important course. Yeah. Thank you again for having uh, for coming on. Let me interview you. It's been amazing. It really has. Oh, thank you. Thank you everyone for watching. Yeah, remember to subscribe to the channel because there's lots more exciting interviews coming your way. Thank you for watching.